special guest today is an awesome actress who has a very special place in my heart as a fan of the bill because her first episode was the second episode I ever saw and cemented me as a fan of this wonderful drama series we're all so fond of. As probationer Debbie Keane, she endeared me and a generation of the Bill fans who, in their numbers, have been demanding her presence on the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I'm delighted to say the day has arrived. Ladies and gents, make some noise for the wonderful Andrea Mason. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. I didn't expect that. Thanks. Well, it's a pleasure. And and I I hope you'll indulge me briefly because I don't usually talk as much as this in an opening, but it's not often, you know, I get the chance to say thank you because you and Alan had a really important impact on my life because it was your first, that's when I became a regular viewer of the bill was your first episode. I I was nine years old and I saw the (gasps) end of the previous episode, Philip Whitchurch leaving as Inspector Cato. I remember, you know, it's not often you actually remember a a specific moment in telly, I I think. And um, I was like, who's this bold guy yelling at everyone? You know, I I was just like, you know, I was interested. So my mum and dad thought, okay, well, we'll see. You know, he's nine. It might be a bit too adult, but we'll sit down as a family and watch the next episode, which was your first episode. And wow. so I I grew up as you and Alan's characters grew up in the show. You know, I, I joined right there. You were my hook, my entry oh, point into the show. Oh, that's amazing. Thanks. Wow. I never knew that happened, but that's amazing. Oh, yeah, it's, it's nice. You know, you don't often get to do that as a, as a, you know, as a person, actually thank your heroes as you grow up, you know, so... Oh my so goodness, I can't you. believe this. I'm feeling so warm and comfy oh, at the minute. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm radiating light. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, that's my that's my little uh, my little geek section over, but I, I wanted really? to say Lovely. thanks. And um, yesterday you did something really cool. I wondered if you wouldn't mind sharing with us all. Yes. Yesterday I walked across the Isle of Wight for charity from east to west, 26.5 miles in all. It was amazing, actually. I did it seven years ago. And uh, then I'd been doing lots of, you know, went to the gym a lot, did British military fitness, did lots of Zumba, all that. But it really hurt then. I mean, I think I lost my sense of humor about mile 24 (laughs) last time. But this time, because we've got a dog now. So I don't go to the gym often, but I do walk the dog a lot. So I am walking a lot. And that obviously helped because I loved it. There were moments where I found myself wondering whose idea it was. (laughs) But um, I'm sort of glowing today feeling a sense of achievement oh. and me and my friend did it you know so and we raised money so yeah it was a great day out but i think i'm gonna take today very very <laughs> how, <laughs> how long did it take and was the weather kind to you well the weather was amazing it was perfect weather because it was a you know there was cool breeze and but sunny but not too hot and we were walking through woodland so that was shaded and that you know that was great and the second half was more exposed but it, it was never too hot it was it was perfect walking weather actually oh. I'd forgotten how many hills there are, but but we did it, and um, we're all right today. <laughs> Back in London, Love it. getting on with life. Yeah. Well, <laughs> six degrees of separation here, tenuous link, but iEdit produced the special features of a Blu-ray release of the Hassan Garden job, which oh. your talented husband started. Wow! <laughs> I'm always intrigued, because my, my wife is a lawyer, I'm a creative, we're chalk and cheese, I don't understand her technical 
legal jargon and she doesn't understand me taking sort of creative risks with my career. What? Yeah. What's the dynamic like for two successful actors married and how have you and David made it work? Uh, it, it can be difficult if, you know, generally David gets paid more and he gets off a better job. So he, uh, we've got a daughter as well. So um, David goes and does the work and I sort of I do the mum bit. So that's happened a lot. But um, I had a friend I met the other day and she's married to someone who does a proper job. Mm. And she's an actress and, and she did wonder how two actors together do it. And it is, it can be tricky. But um, as long as one of you is working, then you're all right. You just have to juggle. You know, yeah. just um, sort of decide which jobs uh, you, you sort of take and uh, what, how much chaos it'll cause in the rest of the family. Because, you know, we have nothing, as actors, we have nothing regular, regular in our lives apart from school. So now we're sort of stuck to term times and that has to sort of fit. But now my daughter's a teenager, so uh, it's time to come back, I think. You know, so I, I'll have a lot more choice and a lot more time to fit in stuff. Oh, good. So that's sort of where it is. It's been difficult, but it, it's also, you know, it's exciting as well. But don't take anything for granted. You know, it's just, you know what what happens, what happens, you know. At the minute, at the minute, neither of us got jobs, but that could change by the end of the day. Well, this is it. I mean, I'm intrigued because when I look at your... I mean, you've got a resume most actors would be incredibly jealous of because you've got so many <laughs> quality crime dramas to your name, you know. And I'm, right. I'm intrigued because... How much do you think the bill has played a hand in you getting Wire and the Blood, DCI Banks, WPC56? Do you, do you think there's a there's a few Debbie Keane fans in the industry who are casting you? I don't know. I don't. Uh, I I don't think so. <laughs> well, I don't think that, that specifically for those parts. I I know when I left the bill, there was nothing happened for a long time, and it was a bit it was a bit depressing. But um, then things started to. I think just because I've, I've been in a regular series helps, you know, just you've been working and, uh, you know, regularly. But um, I do, maybe it's something about me, but I do, I mean, I was up for a part in Everdell playing another copper. And yet, you know, I do go up for quite a few police women. And I don't know if that's to do with the bill or just to do with me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure. Yeah. Well, you... I'd like to play someone mad. I'd like to play someone funny, you know. So I'd like to play the other side, but that hasn't happened yet. Well, I, I very much enjoyed your your latest episode of doctors because you, you've done four or five haven't you yeah so um the doctors are lovely to do because they're a really nice bunch of people half of them are you know there's makeup artists from the bill there so it's a, oh. it's a really nice connection back to sort of people from the the old days well yeah I, uh, to me it's in terms of what is on television now in terms of formula and and offering things for the industry i suppose doctors is the closest thing to that kind of rep company feel that the bill had, where guest yes, actors yes, could absolutely, come back. absolutely, and um, and it's the same speed as well. You know, the bill was a fast, uh, three episodes at least a week. Um, back when that wasn't really happening, we sort of did set a precedent, and I think um, the doctors are doing that now. There's, there's lots of companies that sort of like churning out, but but well, you know, it's, it's all it's going well. So um, it does work. It just can just get a bit exhausting sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, let's go back. When when did you first get the acting bug? I always had it, really. I always had it when I was young, but I didn't have the confidence to go into drama college because that sounded daunting and, and um, you know, uh, I, I thought, I can't do that, I'll do something proper. But then I didn't. I went to art college because that was... I didn't stay on at school. Uh, when I was 16, I went to art college for two years and found out you could do theatre design. Ah. So I thought, brilliant, I'll do that, I can do that, you know, don't have to audition. So I did that, did my degree in theatre design in Nottingham for three years uh, and left. And but while I was there, you know, there were productions, uh, went on and, and I was in the majority, actually. 
then left college, got a couple of jobs working as design assistant, making things, and all the time thinking, I want to be acting now. So mm. I found a course in Cardiff, the Royal Welsh College of Music and Drama, okay. and uh, one year postgraduate, and I got into that, and I did that for a year, and then that was it, really. I was sort of in the profession and um, loving it. And I went straight into theatre and education um, uh, up in Lee in Lancashire. It uh, doesn't exist anymore, really. Well, not much. Um, and then after that, I left, moved to Manchester and did lots of regional rep. Um, so, yeah, I've done a, a variety of things. How about television growing up? Because, I mean, you just seem to have... I mean, you're a natural on television. You know, yeah, you, you know so, Some people just don't aren't at home on TV. You just look like you were born to to be oh. in television drama. I mean, you're I, such you a know. lovely man, Oliver. You oh, really are. It's, it's... Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, well, I love doing telly. The thing with telly is that you, you film things completely out of order. Um, and so sometimes after you've done a bit of telly for a while, you think, yeah, it'd be nice to do a play where everything is just, you're telling a story in the right order and you get through it and that's it. But um, telly's also yeah, it's a lovely thing, special thing. What was the telly you grew up watching? What what was your go-to? Doctor Who. Yay! Uh, Doctor Who. Oh, uh, <laughs> I'm a massive Doctor Who. I'm sat in front of Well, me. I know. Now it's come back. That's amazing. I mean, obviously, the, the, when I was young, Doctor Who wasn't what Doctor Who is now. Um, mm. You know, the, the sets shook visibly, um, <laughs> and it was something else. But that was of that time. Um, so it was brilliant that it's come back, and it's, it's amazing. So, um, yeah, thrilled about Doctor Who. Would like to be in Doctor yes, Who. Yes, absolutely. How on your radar... Was the bill? How much of the bill had you seen? The, yes, I'd seen the bill, and that was something that you could always just jump into and watch an episode because it wasn't like a soap. So I always loved that about the bill is that you don't have to keep watching every week. So mm. because I've never been a, a regular live person, so it's, I don't sit down at a certain time and say, "Right, well, I'm going to watch this." Apart from the Durrells on a Sunday night, which is now finished. Oh. But um, so uh, yeah, the bill was there, and, and when I got the bill, I was thrilled, absolutely thrilled. And I just moved to London, so it was um, it was. You're like, wow, this is it, you know. I'm doing something I really enjoy and and, and it's a great programme. Well, I've got right in front of me the Spotlight Directory of 1994, Actresses LTP. Um, On page 2149, there you are, your your marvellous smile. And and you're, interestingly, you know, because for for listeners to this, you know, you have different sections, uh, young, younger character, character, supporting, but you're straight in leading, which I love. You're in oh, you've got to right. try. You've got to dive in there and try, haven't you, really? I mean, there's no point saying I just like to be at the background. I'm just, yeah, yeah, I'll lead, I'll lead, you know, see where it goes. Because you never get the lead. Well, you might get the lead, but really, you just stop that. They'll see you and go, actually, she'd be good for that. You know, and supporting parts, to be honest, I think are more interesting. But you've got to go for the lead to start with. Yeah. Well, how did it happen then? How did you come to be joining the regular cast of The Bill? Well, me and Alan Westerway, years ago, we both lived in Manchester. He just left college and I was just living there anyway. Um, and we were asked to do a short film, a 10-minute film, with this young director, Jamie Gould. So we did this film, and that was lovely. And then Jamie Gould sent it off to places to get job, to get work as a director. And he happened to send it to the bill. And they were looking for two new people. So we got called in and basically got the job on the same day. So wow. it was all a bit like... And also my agent said it's for a probationary officer, thinking of, like a probation officer, rather, uh, not a, a regular. So I went in quite, you know calm and casual if i'd gone in thinking i was up for a regular in the bill i would have probably got you know squealed a bit or something so um it yeah it was all very quick and very uh, amazing and lovely wow 
That's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. They've tried the sort of doubling of probationers joining together later, but they never got it as good as they did for you and Alan. (laughs) I know it's for writing as well, but you two just owned those parts. I mean, you really did do a sublime job that I hope you're proud of because... Oh, yes, 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 I do, yeah. Yeah, it was was a great time there. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Who, who do you remember uh, welcoming you both from the regular cast? What were your memories of first arriving and sort of uh, stepping into the world of Sun Hill? But they, generally, they, that's another thing that was lovely about the building was that the cast was fantastic. You know, it was really, um, really nice bunch of people. Trudy, of course, Queen, yes. the Queen, Trudy. Um, I, mean, I still see Trudy, so that's lovely. We still see Trudy, so that's lovely. Not enough, but we do. And Tom Butcher as well. And the thing about Tom is he's played such a sort of quite a hard character in Loxton, you know, and, and actually when you meet him, he's quite mad. So that was um, lovely to meet him. Um, but Hugh Higginson, you know, just, they're all really welcoming. And, uh, of course, Graham Cole. But all of them. It was, uh, it was, it was, I felt very included straight away. Oh, uh, describe a typical day in the life of making an episode of The Bill from your perspective. Oh. What was your routine? Oh. Well, I mean, uh, you're in usually about sort of um, seven at the... Yeah, I was. There were times when I was in a lot. Um, it, it did get a bit exhausting sometimes. Um, but seven o'clock in uh, makeup uh, on set eight. Then because three episodes are made at once, you might go from one unit to another, then back to another. You know, there were sometimes where you do three units in a day. Just you know, the scheduling was amazing. How they did it, I'm never quite sure because they didn't have these computers and it was sticks of paper on the wall. You know, go from one unit to the other. Generally, the day would finish about six or seven, but then you do also have night shoots, and that could be up until, you know, five o'clock in the morning. It was full on, yeah. actually. And at first, the first sort of couple of years, it was really basically three episodes, but then it started to get into doing one hours, mm. and then we do specials, um, and then they started, to, a couple of years in, they started um, joining episodes together to make like a six-part. Yeah. Yeah. And getting and also trying to get us all a bit more sexy, which was a bit of a shock to the system <laughs> at the time. I think I think me and Alan Westaway had the first Sunhill snog, which yeah. was um, which was <laughs> <laughs> which was a shock to us both. But there you go. Um, uh, so uh, yeah, basically seven till seven, but that's just basic, you know. Then, then there's the other stuff around it. Well, that's that's always interesting because you presumably almost overnight became someone who was recognised down the street and in the public. What what was that like to deal with? Yeah, that was interesting because a lot of the time people would say, um, oh, she's in London's Burning. Is her out of London's <laughs> Burning? Because um, they think uniform, but they'd get the wrong uniform. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I did get some lovely comments, but also some, you know, oh, she's not as fat as she looks on telly. That was, that was quite a common one because the uniform didn't do much for you, really. But um, that's just vanity speaking. And also people would stand right close to you and talk about you and look at you, not realising, not thinking that you could hear them because they were so used to seeing you at a distance. Sometimes it was lovely. Other times it was a bit of a, a weird thing. And being followed around the supermarket sometimes could be a bit um, not very nice. No, I can imagine. I, I'm always intrigued by that side of it because it's not what a lot of the fans of this podcast probably even think about, the fact that no. you know, when filming stops, you, you don't, quite go back to the life that you had before no no and i know i was recognized for a long time and occasionally someone i met a, a 
a woman who was uh, in the murder squad, actually, not long ago on the high street. And uh, she was so lovely. And she was, you know, she she's called Deborah as well. So she, oh. it was, she was talking about her relationship to the show and, and, you know, and she stayed in the police force and, you know, and she used to watch it all the time. And so it's nice when you meet someone who is, a, you know, a really real fan who followed your story. And what did you like about playing Debbie? What appealed to you about her character? She was keen and she was just straightforward. She just get on with it and do the right thing, always. You know, I mean, Loxton was always doing, you know, dodgy things, but uh, Debbie Keane would stick to the rules and she was nice. Mm. She was a nice girl, which is why now I'd like to play someone bad. But she was <laughs> really nice. And if, you know, if you want a copper, you want a nice one. And she was brave. She didn't hold oh, back, yeah. did she? You know, she held her own. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, well, I've always loved a bit of stage combat. Nice. I do love a fight, and uh, so it was really nice when you, you, you knew you'd got a, st- a stuntman on set and you had to do a bit of a, a fight, so I, I've always loved getting in on that. Yeah, <laughs> well, you, you, you seem to have a particular relish in your eye during the paintball episode. Oh, yeah, oh, yes, that was fun, yeah, and, um, yeah. and we were all there then, so that was just a, an absolute laugh. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was good times. No, I mean, how did it work? Because, I mean, you did three and a half years on the bill. Was it was it like a rolling contract? And were it, how much were you consulted in terms of what was going to happen with Debbie? You weren't really consulted with what was going to happen to the character at all. You just sort of read the uh, episodes and, 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 you know, some of them you just go, oh, brilliant, they, they liked what I did on that one and then that's been enhanced and taken somewhere else. And other times it would just be a, a regular character. And you could, and sometimes they did swap people around. So if, say, if I was too busy, then Polly Page would get an episode that I was supposed to be doing. You know, so that sometimes happened, but it, it seemed to work all right. But um started off on a six-month contract, I think, just to try. And after that, they offered us three years. Wow. Um, so that sort of, yeah, that was it, really. After six months, it was going to be six months to see, then maybe a year, but they just said three years. So it was uh, that was lovely to get that sort of a reassurance that you've got a job for three years as an actor. Well, and that's actually quite rare of, yeah. of the different people I've spoke to. So they obviously had great, and quite undeservedly so, they had great faith in you. And But but, but oh. Al, Alan didn't go for the three years. He he left before you. Do, do you recall? Yeah, we were allowed to do that if we was, you know, if, if we'd found ourselves uh, wanting to go and try different things. We were allowed out of the contract, but it was, mm. you know, you sort of just had to ask nicely. Did Alan confide in you he was going to do that? You you joined together? What was his... I mean, he did writing as well. You know, he yeah. was always sort of wanting to do other things. And only the first year did we spend a lot of time together because we were probationers. And so, you know, mm. it was Debbie and Nick. After that, we, you know, I was used to us doing our own separate bits within the show. So when he left, it wasn't a great surprise. It, you know, there does come a time where you just want... Because it's such a, it's such a formulaic thing as well. Mm. You do sort of want to do something like, you know, me, I wanted to play someone bad or play some, something completely different for a while, just for a change. Yeah. Um, and so the time was right for, for both of us. I sort of just stayed on that a bit longer. Well, you, you both uh, delivered of a comedy so well in Alan's last episode when you're having that ridiculous dinner dates and oh. all trying to play a prank. I mean, that's gold dust. That is such a marvellous oh. episode. <laughs> Good, yes. And, yeah, so that was the first Sunhill Snog one. And that, that yeah. was, um, yeah, it was, yeah. <laughs> We did love. Well, yes, it was lovely working with Alan. <laughs> <laughs> and and how about the crew? You know, I, oh, crew, brilliant! I love the crew, and you sort of like, sometimes still bump into some of them. And you know, on other things uh, like Holby City, I sort of bump into a couple of people. Mm. And everywhere you go, you bump into someone who was on it. So it's um, yeah, the crew were fab. 
one of the fun parts of the bill was every year they would do a kind of Christmas special and you you got the most bombastic of Christmas specials with the, all the characters taking part in the Sunhill pantomime. Oh, Jimmy Winner. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yes, that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I had to sing in that, didn't That's I? That's right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, here we go. Yeah, that was terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> and you were like centre stage in that, so... I was, I was Aladdin, wasn't I? Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't wearing much in that episode, I vaguely remember, which was a bit odd, <laughs> after the uniform. Yeah. Yeah, that was, that was great fun. And we filmed that down in Portsmouth, which is a place I go to a lot now because, um, you know, it's on the way to the Isle of Wight. That was great fun because also you don't often work with many other actors in you know within the cast. You usually just get one pairing. I was always with Hugh Higginson quite a lot, but on that one everyone was down in Portsmouth in Southsea um, filming together, and that was uh, a bit of a laugh. Yes, very yeah. good fun. Uh, I mean, yeah, it's, it's great that they did. They know that you because you you were a marvelous singer. You know, did did they know that you could sing? And... I don't think I would say I'm a marvellous singer. I can hold a tune, thank you. Um, but uh, we we did do another charity do. We were quite often asked to do charity do's, and one of the charity do's we did was um, to take part in a Christmas thing at the Royal Albert Hall. And uh, Andrew McIntosh, who played Greg, he was a brilliant musician, and he did all the arrangements and everything. And it was a, like a, a compilation of Christmas carols and Christmas songs, and he did all the harmonies and whatnot, and we went from one to another. And it was really lovely. And so I can say that I've sung on the Royal Albert Hall stage, yeah. but only because I was in the bill. No one would be asking me to do that otherwise, because um, on my own I'm, I'm less, <laughs> less confident, to put it that way. But that was great. Yeah, that must have been... That must have got the butterflies going before you... Yeah, yeah, it did. It, you know, because it's huge. And you, when you sort of walk onto the stage, you can't quite believe you're there. Because, mm. you know, when you're filming, you're filming and you're, there's only a few of you and you're sort of anywhere. You know, there's no one looking, really. But when you're standing on stage, it is uh, at the Royal Albert Hall, you, um, yeah, yeah, enjoyed every minute of it. But, yes, the butterflies were there. Bless you. And what other opportunities did the build give you as a sort of spin-off you know as being on the shall we call it the celebrity circuit you know what other opportunities did you have celebrity circuit we're never quite celebrities the bill eastenders all the soaps they were celebrities that the celebrity culture didn't quite get us we won a tv award um i think it was the national tv awards but, uh, for most popular drama i think that was about 96, 97. Mm. Um, so that was a, you know, we went out, went out together for that one. Oh, charities. Oh, yes, we asked to do lots of things for charities. And, and the charity bike ride from Jerusalem to Alatis, that, that was the hardest thing I have ever done. That was me, Simon Rouse and Ian Fletcher, cycling from Jerusalem to Alatis, 250 miles in five days. And uh, it was across desert. It was across mountain ranges. We slept in Bedouin tents a couple of times. I got Achilles tendonitis in my ankle because uh, that's where your Achilles tendon is. And, <laughs> um, and also the, the saddle was something uh, that I, I, yeah, that was shocking. I didn't think I'd have intimate relations ever again, but there you go. Um, got over that one. Um, so, but that was the physically hardest thing I've done, but also felt great once we'd done it. And that was for Bernardo's children's homes. Oh, wow. What is that part of the world like? I've never been. Well, it's like 
cycling through a ladybird book of the Bible stories because mm. it's, you know, it's, it's beautiful. Mind you, having said that, the first two days was like Derbyshire because it was muddy. There was lots of mud as you were coming out of Jerusalem and we had to get off the bikes and scrape the mud off the wheels. It was that bad. And then we hit the desert and then it was just as far as you could see. You know, it was just desert and then the odd shepherd with uh, some goats or sheep, you know. So it was, <laughs> it, it was quite, quite bizarre, but, um, but beautiful. And, and yeah. from uh, from Jerusalem to Guernsey, I believe you took part in a charity cricket. Ah, match. yes, another <laughs> yes. That was a uh, cricket match, and I don't play cricket, but I had a go. And um, that was for another. I think it was for a children's home charity on Guernsey. And uh, again, that was another group of us. It sounds like we did this a lot, but did, you know, this is over three and a half years. There were about mm. three or four things. Um, and who came to that? I think Billy, Stephen Beckett. And then there was a charity dinner in, in the evening, you know. Um, I can't remember who won the cricket match, but it was just uh, another great weekend. Yeah. I suppose, yeah. as you say, that, that kind of celebrity culture hadn't started. If if you'd been in the bill maybe 10 years later and after doing three and a half years, you'd have been invited to do Strictly or I'm a Celebrity. Oh, yes, or, or, or uh, Jungle. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'd quite like to do the Jungle. Mm. Would you really? I'd miss, the, yeah. I'd miss the dog, I'd miss my daughter, I'd miss my husband and the uh, bearded dragon. But um, apart from that, yeah, I think being in the jungle would be quite fun. Apart from eating um, kangaroo balls, I wouldn't like that. No, no. No, no. <laughs> I don't mind beetles, but um, uh, not eating kangaroos. Thank you. No. <laughs> well, <laughs> it, it must have been a, a very nice period of your life because of that. As you say, on, on that episode, Twanky, you're working with all of the cast, but normally yeah. you're working with a lot of guest actors and who who's yeah who stands out in your mind from people you worked with on the bill well yeah there was the lovely late and great morris denham mm. now um he you know you see him and he's a, he's a legend you know he, he was so he was in his 80s very frail and he did I was walking once at lunchtime me and helen the wardrobe girl and uh, he was walking between us he tripped and we both caught him and he was light as a feather oh. tiny but sharp sharp brain and so funny he was lovely to work with that was a joy to work with him mm. and there's another one another one who stands out in my mind a young actor scottish he was still at college it was his first job and um i think i reassured him he was very good and i reassured him oh you're gonna be fine don't worry about it and his name was james mcavoy <laughs> <laughs> wow. He's doing very well. I like to watch him and think I taught him everything he knows. But um, <laughs> I mean, what, when, when you do when you do work now, uh, do young actors ask you for advice? Uh, sometimes, especially if it's their first TV. You know, there's a certain technique you, you, it helps. You know, and uh, yes, I'm always quite happy to give advice to the younguns. Am I right? I could be wrong, but I, I, I've done some digging. Yeah. And was your first telly a kid's show called 3711? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> You're scaring me now. Yeah. Yes, you, you've, I... you've looked into my past. <laughs> yes, I did that. So it was Tony Haygarth. That was that was great fun as well. That was um, up in, uh, yeah, not Manchester. It was I was living in Manchester at the time, and it was up north, wasn't it? Mm. And it was one of those out, outward bound type courses, and I was one of the uh, leaders. Oh, <laughs> me and Tony Haygarth, yeah. That yeah, was nice. I, I can still remember the theme tune for that. That was on when I was a oh, kid. Oh, that's because you were young then. Yeah, I, I don't think it's ever been shown again. That no. show. So um, here we go. We need a 
we need a comeback because uh, <laughs> that, 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 I'd like to see three. I just I can. It went three, three seven, seven, eleven on the hopscotch. On, oh on the right, that um, ring that rings a bell, but yeah. it was a long, long time ago now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't feel. I mean, they they made Debbie a sergeant, but kind of like off camera. I don't think they did you proud with no. your exit. No, I didn't have an exit really. No. Well, originally there was going to be a, a, a big sort of uh, not sexual harassment case, but storyline with Michael. What's his character? Oh, Michael Higg, Eddie Santini, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yes, uh, and they sort of like did a lot of flirting for a while, and I just wondered where it was going. But then that sort of was dropped, and Caroline Katz mm. came in and did, and then she's you know, and then she married him. She yeah. married Michael in real life, yeah. so that was lovely. So that that's where they sort of went with that to start with, but it it didn't sort of work out. But um, no, I just sort of disappeared, really, yeah, didn't I? Yeah, yeah, and you deserved better. Thank you. I was I was a bit sad by that, but that's just, you know it was chaotic in those days with the amount of episodes and the changing, and you know mm. it wasn't the regular three a week. It was uh, lots of specials and lots of um, trying to make us all a bit sexy. So yeah, yeah, you just went. And you explained that it was hard after. I mean. Oh yeah, the yeah. first. Well, I think it was because no one knew I'd left. <laughs> right. So um, that's what I like to think. But then things did pick up a bit. But it was just like, bits of or bits of this Holby city. Yeah, because Holbys and doctors. I think doctors had just started then. So those sort of programs came along. Uh, didn't do any theatre for a long time, actually. It's it's interesting the the, the different dynamic of actually making a play and, and making television. And I often hear yeah. that with with actors that they have a. While they're doing the TV show, they have a hankering to do a play, and when they're doing yeah. a play, are, are 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 actors ever truly happy? Do you think, or satisfied with what? No. What... <laughs> <laughs> no, we're always looking for something else. It's always looking for something else. Uh, it's just finding that balance. Like I said, you know, if you're doing a play, you're telling a story from start to the end. If you're doing filming, you could do the last scene first. First thing in the morning, you've got to be all emotional about something you've not actually played yet. You know all that sort of thing. So that, but it's you know it's all doable. But they're different different things altogether. But it's about finding the balance between doing a bit of both. Yeah, yeah. I think I'm not you know one or the other. At the moment, I'd like to do some theatre just to sort of get the craft back. It's been a while since I've been on stage, and your voice can go. You know, if you don't use it, you lose it. So um, mm. it'd be nice to sort of tell a story again and be on stage. What are the sort of unfulfilled ambitions doctor who you've mentioned but what is oh yeah yeah peaky blinders love to be in peaky blinders <laughs> yeah. i was uh, i'm from i'm from the west midlands so um it'd be really nice to uh do something with me home accent yeah. but uh you know one day that'd be nice uh play someone rough in peaky blinders that'd be great mm. uh yeah i'd love to do peaky blinders uh of course love to have been in the durrells but that's finished mm. um just because it's a lovely show and uh i love the clothes and it yeah. was a idyllic. So, and the storylines, they're all a bit mad, and that was very nice and very comforting. Yeah, lots of stuff, lots of things. Well, related to um, your charity of choice, which we ask listeners to donate to for you giving your time to generously, you, you sent me a, a wonderful website, Sonnets. And maybe you could tell us a, a little bit about that and, and how the listeners can support that for you. Well, a couple of years ago, I worked and uh, uh, with an actor called Tom Blythe, and his dad had dementia for many years. It's called Louis Body Dementia, and uh, it's, it's a particularly vicious form. And uh, he and his brother at the time were away at college, at university, so his mum was left to deal with caring for 
his dad, and it took about six years until he eventually died. So he's decided, I think he only started doing it last year, to get a lot of professional actors to read a sonnet. He would record it and put it on a website. It's Sonnets v. Dementia. I mean, you can also go on to zonet, uh, all the sonnets. Uh, and through this website, people can listen to an actor speaking the sonnets and donate, and that money goes straight to Dementia UK. And because the good thing about Dementia UK is they don't just support the people with dementia, they support the carers as well. Mm. And that was something that, you know, Tom uh, experienced. His mum, poor mother, was um, worn out, you know, mm. with the emotional side of having a husband who she was losing emotionally, but also with the fact that she had to, she was only small and he was six foot four, you know, she had to mm. deal with him physically as well. And, and that's, so that's uh, why I've chosen this particular charity. Mm. And also you can go on and you can listen to sonnets and there's some lovely actors there you know some, they're all beautiful oh, so yeah. um so uh do that yes <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's yeah, a good yeah. idea yeah. <laughs> I, I shall pop a link uh when this goes yeah. goes live and, and people can donate and uh i mean we're so grateful to you for doing this what is what is your message to fans of debbie Keane? and and are you still amazed that you know, 20 years on since you left the series that people are yeah. still enjoying your work I am, I am, absolutely. And uh, I was thrilled, actually, when I realised that they were going to re-show them all yeah. on, what's it, drama. That's right. Um, I've, not, I've not caught my own yet, because they don't seem to be in any order. It is lovely looking back and seeing, I mean, they are from a different time slightly now, everything's changed, but it, they're still good pieces of drama in themselves, and uh, it's, it takes you back to a time that, you know, was lovely. Mm. And I was young, I was young then. Do you think the bill could work today do you think the bill could come back in a slightly different format i think um because everything's so fast and racy now and the for- and, and the bill was sort of quite comfortable but i do i think i think there's still space for it maybe we could have you as a drug dealer on the jasmine allen with your own crime syndicate you know we could oh yeah yeah she's yeah. moved sideways <laughs> Debbie King. she didn't do that anymore she just, yeah, didn't want the promotion she just thought she'd do something else yeah we'll get, <laughs> get you in line of duty Oh, now that would be fantastic. That's one of the best. Yes, that would be amazing to be in that. So that's on my list. And I'm glad it's going again. (laughs) Absolutely. Well, let's let's get you there. Yes, please, Oliver. You do that. Oh, yeah. I'll I'll, I'll do my my best. Mr. Mercurio, if you're listening. We've got a legend here. (laughs) Well, um, thank you ever so much, Andrea. I'm really grateful. Have a continue Uh, your warm glow. Yeah, I have now. That's lovely. (laughs) I'm going to, yeah, I've been aching all morning, but I'm going to sort of like hover now. I might even skip. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe not, I'm not skip. Yeah, you'll find yourself pursuing a suspect down the street. You'll be getting... (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, thank you so much. You're a lovely man. Oh, bless you. That's really enjoyed this morning, thanks. Oh, oh, it's such a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for uh, pleasing my inner nine-year-old. He's delighted. Oh, I can't believe you were nine then. That makes me feel very old, but I'll I'll, I'll, I'll deal with that. (laughs) What a lovely lady. Absolutely fantastic to speak to the wonderful Andrea Mason. And you can get to meet Andrea in person at the upcoming Bill Reunion 4. Courtesy of the marvellous Misty Moon events ran by the lovely Stuart and Jen Morris. Andrea will be reunited with both Graham Cole and Lynn Miller 
Plus, number one in the Build podcast charts, it's fan favourite Suzanne Maddock. She'll be there as well. Get your tickets booked by visiting cinemamuseum.org.uk. Check out the events tab. And on the night, let Andrea know what a legend she is. Such a very talented lady. You can support Dementia UK via all the sonnets.co.uk. Some fabulous actors reading Shakespeare's sonnets, all for a very good cause. And you might notice another Sun Hill legend in there as well. Now, I had some very interesting feedback recently from long-term podcast listener Alan Hunting. Very nice gentleman who politely explained he missed the old theme tune covers for the Build podcast, which I'd used in series one and two. As I hopefully finessed my approach to the podcast in the early days, uh, I began to write and split my intros in a certain way to match the timing of the old theme tune cover. Alan's Facebook comment had a lot of people agreeing with him because the old theme tune he felt was unique to the podcast. And I'd never thought of it like that, but I, I suppose he's right. And there was me trying to sex things up a bit. Who am I? Paul Marquess? The snag is... When I read Alan's comment, not only had I recorded the podcast with Stephen Hartley and this podcast with Andrea, but I'd also recorded the next two. Look at me getting ahead of myself in the scheduling. And my intros for those weren't done to the old timing. Like this one with Andrea, I've been using it as a chance to put a more personal slant on the intros, as I am a fan just like all of you. However, I would like to announce that the old theme tune cover will return for future episodes of the Bill podcast, which was recorded by my old pals John, Rich, Colin and Simon and their band QC Pass. With that in mind, I'll stop waffling on and until next time, I'll leave you with this.